0: Blob Talk Radio I stroll through the pictures, What I've left behind
1: I'm locked, I'm locked up done. in
0: memories They all intertwine The memories in in my mind I know tomorrow Cause that zone will come We'll never know just what you've done.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Stop Child Abuse Now, SCAN Radio. This is show number 3324. My name is Annie Margis, and I'm one of your hosts tonight. Scan Radio is brought to us by NASCA, the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. And here's their mission statement. We have the single purpose at NASCA, to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, CSA, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And tonight's show is a discussion with a, um, a volunteer for NASCA, a longtime volunteer, um, her name is Victoria Kelly from Minnesota, and she's here along with her co-organizer who has helped with many A-H-H-H-S events. Amy, Amy Soto is from California, and she is also a longtime NASCA member and a survivor of many forms of abuse. Victoria is a longtime volunteer for NASCAR. Victoria has a harrowing life story filled with abuses of all types, including multiple cases of institutional abuse. The founding and managing director at AHHHS, a helping hand for healing souls, is a grassroots organization which she has run for 19 years. There is a support group on Facebook. Victoria regularly runs support groups, rallies, speakouts, and conferences, and talks to police and to shelters. She works directly with women and children to get their basic needs filled, food, shelter, and clothing, at ending domestic and sexual violence. Victoria can be regularly found on our scan talk radio shows where she volunteers her time and appears as a host. Victoria isn't afraid or shy about any topic and is eager to participate at NASCAR. So please take advantage of her long-term recovery. On this episode, we welcome various co-hosts, survivor professionals, who will assist in fielding questions and lead a variety of topics suggested by our call-in participants. The trauma-informed perspectives as survivor professionals help them guide discussions on the issues of child abuse, trauma, and healthy human sexuality that spring from questions and topics brought to us by our listeners everyone's invited to engage on tonight's show. And the way that you do that is you just call us. The phone number is 646-595-2118. Give us a call and we'll welcome you into the show and you can make comments, ask questions, or tell a little bit about your own story, whatever you choose. And now I'm going to introduce our special guest, Victoria.
2: Go ahead, Victoria. Hi there, Annie. How you doing? Great. Thank you. Yeah. And then I've also brought along Amy Anasoto, um, invited her to come tonight. And she's, uh, she's going to talk a little bit about what um, our event that's coming up. I am a little too, and I kind of go back and forth here, but um Yeah, I started uh, – I escaped from my biological father at uh, 21 (laughs) and uh, um, with my six-month-old daughter and uh, ended up going into a shelter. And uh, it was really difficult because a lot of the people were – a lot of the um, women in the shelter um, were escaping from, like, their – Husbands, boyfriends, whatever. And uh, they uh, didn't really get that I was there because of my biological father, you know. And and then when they heard the story, and there was a lot of stuff about S&M and all that stuff, masochism for those that don't know what that is, which is a lot of torture. And uh, their idea was uh, one lady had a house. Their idea was to get them to go to the house, and they would all go there and beat the crap out of them. And uh, they didn't really understand that I wanted not to do that. And uh, so that was different. <laughs> um, I ended up in an um, abusive relationship with uh, my son's father and ended up escaping to another shelter. And at that shelter, um, they had de- been developing the power and control wheel with uh, a Duluth shelter. After I got out of the shelter, um, there was a volunteer group called Outreach. And uh, we ended up um, pretty much getting trained and stuff to help other survivors. And so we did that and we did a lot of volunteer things
0: and uh,
2: went to conferences. And at that time, it was basically professionals that were reporting on people that they helped, kind of like from their point of view. So it wasn't really, it wasn't survivors' back then speaking out. And I'm talking like um, 1986, 1985, 86 is when I was in there and working with them and uh, went to some sexual assault conferences and better um, women's conferences, which were at the time, it wasn't domestic violence because men weren't really talking about it back then. So we ended up um, doing that. And then um, it kind of, at the same time I was, you know, thinking, well, I'd really like to hear survivors speak out. So I think it was 89. Um, I, was in a smaller town and um, formed an organization called Right On, which stood for Wright County Abuse Women's Network. And I met another woman who was a battered woman, and we decided to um, put together an event. So I went down to the local newspaper and said, by the way, we're putting on an event, I said, and uh, can I talk to a reporter? And they said, sure. <laughs> so I walk in and talk to this reporter and tell her what we're going to do. So she does an article that we're going to have it. And we had maybe 150 more people there. And uh, I made up buttons. And as a tragedy mask. And I made a button that said, abuse, it is a tragedy. domestic No, I didn't think I used domestic abuse. I just put abuse, it is a tragedy. And uh, I used buttons up. And I took coffee cans and wrapped them with fabric and then with yarn. And I stuck all the buttons on them. And I made a hole in the top of the can. And I put them in gas stations and a restaurant and different places like that. And just said, tell people to throw a dollar in there and then they can have a button. They don't want a dollar and give them a button anyway. (laughs) Now all this is coming out of my pocket at all these points. And so anyway, the reporter came to the event and I had, I had like five different places that came and spoke and then me and the woman spoke and then we invited anybody else up that wanted to. And two or three people came up and talked about their own story and that we were going to go and march from the place we had it over to the um, uh, city hall. And uh, anyway, it started raining. And the reporter goes to me, are you really going to march in the rain? And I said, did you listen to our Do You think a little rain is going to stop us? So anyway, she ended up doing an uh, article in the paper and and that's what got quoted. One of the things she quoted. The organizer said, Do you think a little rain's gonna stop us? I don't know, it was kinda different, you know. That I don't know, I read it, I didn't expect that to be in there. You know, so you know, they say you gotta watch what you say to reporters.
0: <laughs> it was fine that it was in there.
2: You know, it was fine that it was in there. It was just, you know, kinda made me think about carefully choosing my words when I say stuff. Not that that was bad, just, you know what I mean? You just never know what people are going to print. Uh, anyway, um, about 19 years ago I decided that I wanted to start another organization. Um more focusing on networking with other organizations, but I did a lot of kind of one-on-one things and it's a grassroots organization. It's it's not a nonprofit. Grassroots and um, I started putting on events for um, April, which is uh, Child Abuse Awareness and Prevention Month, and um, October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness and Prevention Month. And what's really cool about it is they're six months apart. <laughs> but I've never been scared enough to do really a whole lot of planning. And uh, I had brought um, Amy Anna on board, and uh, we've done some really wonderful things, especially with now having – social media, because like back then there wasn't any, you know, (laughs) and it's kind of a new thing for me. And, uh, um, we've, um, had wonderful people and Bill's been, um, Bill's helped out with the event as well. He's been one of our speakers, um, as a survivor and also the founder of NASCA, Bill Murray. And, uh, we've done it over zoom. And so it's been, we had speakers from all over the world. And then we um, do another project, which I'm going to let Amy Anna tell a little bit about how, maybe how she got involved and, and then uh, a little bit about um, another project that we have. And so April's coming up. It's Child Abuse Awareness and Prevention Month. Um, so we're starting to plan now, which is unusual because normally we wait until, I wait till the month before. <laughs> so Amy Anna, are you on?
3: I am, Victoria.
2: All right. Thank you for I'm going to let you take it over. <laughs> yeah, i you could come on. That's great.
3: Yes, so I'm Victoria's friend and co-organizer of Oz. Um, a bit about me, I've been through severe child abuse, um, which um, it spilled over into my teenage years and it's just, um, I think it helped till I was 26 and things after a suicide attempt and that's when I was forced to get help and things were just out of control and things, I was sexually abused, I was controlled, I was manipulated, um, mainly by my mother. Um, My father did most of the physical stuff, but my mom really was controlling and manipulative and just really um, dominant. And so I got old enough and I broke away from the home life and That's when I started to heal and I finally went from being a selective mute in school because I was so shut down and so traumatized I didn't speak. I could speak but I chose not to which is selective mutism and I um, went from there and to help, mainly from strangers on the internet and through therapy, I learned how to talk and relate to people and actually carry on a conversation and not just blurt stuff out and make friends. And, like, I had to start my healing from square one because I didn't know how to conversations went and how many friends I didn't you know I stayed by myself I was very isolated uh, the abusers in my life kept me very isolated and um, so I got help I got support I became a public speaker telling my story of abuse and my disorder actually to um, junior college psychology students and other organizations that wanted speakers. And it was really good and I loved it. COVID kind of shut it down and things that I haven't got back into it. And so now with we're coming out of COVID, a little bit, and so me and Victoria are putting on the events, like she said, in April and October for us, and we are are doing a special clothesline project where people can send in an article of clothing, Um, specifically if they want, we're looking for T-shirts, but any article of clothing, any size, any style would be great. Um, And they can decorate it with markers, um, any type of decoration they want, and they can give a message of hope to the survivors or a message of um, what they would like people to know. Um, Just from past experiences, we want to say we're not giving the articles of closing out to be worn by anybody. They are to go on to be displayed at other events, and they are for display purposes only. They are – and the other thing was – oh, Victoria, what was the other thing? They weren't going to be – they were only going to be displayed, and –
2: They're totally anonymous, so like – yeah, just like – You know if you put your return address or you know your name you send to me if you want to send a letter or anything along with it or donation or anything um, your name will not your name will not appear anywhere Um, we do do um, if you want to give a donation and and have um, um, your name written into the program which we do do um, (laughs) do (laughs) do We sorry. uh we do that, and then, um, but if you don't want your name to appear anywhere um just just let us know, and we have um an address where you can um send the clothing and uh let me find that now again,
3: okay, while you find that, I'll specify that. We do not want names on the clothing whether it's the name, your name, anybody else's name. We do not we want to keep the clothing to messages of hope, messages of survivorship and we it's not going to it's not to put names and call people out or have them signed that this is yours or that it's your story. That's not our intention. And any
2: clothing with names on it will not be displayed. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, you can send this to uh, Victoria Kelly, and Victoria is like the normal way you spell Victoria, and then Kelly is K-E-L-L-Y at General Delivery, Anoka County Post Office, or Anoka Post Office, which is A-N-O-K-A Post Office, um, 2189. 7th Avenue, Anoka, Minnesota, 55303. And uh, we'll get the clothing, and uh, like Amy Anna said, we hang it up. And then we also have um, where we do, um, uh, it, it's the event where we have um, people that want um, to we have people telling their stories, we have organization leaders, that, um, to talk about um, what they're doing to help survivors. Um, and we do it on Zoom. And I don't know if people know Zoom, but we'll be giving the link out for that. And if you go to our Facebook group, um, it's A, three H's, and an We have a closed group for survivors, and we have an open group for anybody. So, if you could pass that on in any place that you can, we'd really appreciate that as well. And any in information that we're giving out, um, it would really help us, and it will help other survivors. Because I think we have—is it about 50 or more pieces of clothing right now? And our um, our our ultimate goal is to be able to um, bring this line to um, other events that other people are having throughout the year in other states and uh, my dream would be clothesline across the world where we have other people doing the clothesline project and join together like I said, our big thing is networking with other organizations. And the reason why I keep it a grassroots organization and nonprofit is because I want everybody to know that you can do something like this, And if you want to join with us and and learn how to do it, um, we would love to have you um come in and do it and our uh my phone number which is on the NASCA website um i'm the minnesota ambassador for nasca and my number is on the website as many other survivors are and you can call anyone about not for this but for NASCA. but for this my number is under the minnesota ambassador and my number is 763-703-0439 and you can leave a message if i don't answer because i usually don't answer Um, if I don't know somebody. But I will always call people back. Just say that you're calling about whatever part of it that we've talked about that you're interested in. And uh, we would love to have you join us. And on the Zoom thing, if you don't know about Zoom, you don't have to put your face up there. You don't have to put your name up there. Some people come up as Motorola 95 or whatever, the name of your phone. Um, So um, if you just want to come on to the Zoom meeting and uh, listen on the day of the event and again it'll be in April and we're just starting to plan ahead if you'd like to send a donation even every dollar counts I would say you know even if you want to throw a dollar in the envelope and send it it would help out every dollar helps we also have uh, buttons for sale and uh, we're working on a price on that because the postage is crazy and uh, but it says um The children should be seen, heard, and believed. And uh, we get these buttons, and uh, it's more or less to get the message out and not really to make money off of. And uh, we just, you know, if anybody now has, like, any questions, or we can uh, um, talk more about, um, you know, like our motivation and stuff, which our motivation is to help survivors be able to speak out. You know, and tell their stories, and uh like I made a little dress that's six months old because that's when my abuse started in infancy. I'm not sure if it was six months, and then I found out later on it was probably the day I came home from the hospital after being born um, and so I have a six month old dress um that says some children are too young to tell, so you can go to a message out shelter, you can get a piece of clothing that's age that. You remember when the abuse started or you remember a really traumatic event at a certain age or some kind of clothing that kind of reminds you, say, go to a thrift store and, you know, you might find an article that kind of was like, yeah, that's, you know, if that's something I might have worn or this would really display what I feel. Um, and you can write something on there about how you felt, you know, or um, how it impacted you. Um, Or, again, like Amy Anna said, um, encouragement or a message to, you know, because some people bring their children there to observe, you know, and, you know, even something like, you know, um, no one has the right to abuse you. Just, you know, anything that you want to put on there. Um, We would just really, really appreciate the clothing from adult survivors of child abuse. And that's what the focus is on.
1: I think that's a fabulous, fabulous idea. Where has it been exhibited in the past? You said you've been doing this for a while. Yeah.
2: Well, I've been doing the events, but it's only been since I met Amy Anna and we came up with this idea that, um, so it's been like the past two years that we've had the clothesline project. We have not brought it anywhere except for Minnesota. And that's been the events that we've done. And we also um, have put it up for domestic violence awareness because our focus is on um, the children. Um, right. Uh, that even in domestic violence, um, children watching domestic violence in the home are getting messages about relationships. They're getting messages about, oh my God, one of my parents is being abused or say they go over to their aunt and uncles and witness domestic balance or any other place, you know, their friend's house or whatever. They're witnessing it. That's trauma. That's trauma to the child. And um this needs to be recognized. hmm. We talk you. about all that Mhm. I think we have two colours. Uh, do you have a website? Do you
1: have a website?
2: We don't yeah don't have a website. Okay. No, because it's basically been Amy Anna and I um planning and doing this and like I said it's been like the last month. Um we plan on getting uh oh, that's the other thing I wanna add. We do have an email that you can write write to. And it is A H H H S and the number one at Outlook dot com. And or you can get a hold of me, um by private message on Facebook, and if you go on to our description on the Blog Talk Radio Show description and click on my name, which is highlighted, it'll go directly to my um, Facebook page. And that's also in anybody else's um, description of the show. These are all archived, and they're all available to watch later. So as soon as this show is over, I think it's an hour or two after this will be available for people to listen to and uh, we're going to put the link on the website so if you'd like to share it with anybody it'll be on the open you can't share anything on the closed one but you can on the open website on Facebook and we'll be you know anybody that wants the link can also contact me through my phone number and I could send you the link to uh, pass on because we really really want to get the word out or if you have um, a Facebook group or a website or whatever that you wanna, you know, share this. With. We would just love to have you be a part of this because, like I said, the networking is so important. It's like why re- recreate the wheel when other people are doing other things, you know? Let's let's all connect. We're all um, doing, you know, we're all doing the same kind of work. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I I might put out to the audience that a website maker could be a valuable asset to this organization. And so, if if you out there have those skills, uh, call Victoria if you're willing to volunteer. All right, yeah. Victoria, we have a couple of callers on the line. Um, awesome. I'll, I'll go ahead and open them up. And so okay. we have Philip. Hi, Philip. Hello, Annie and Victoria. Hi, Phila. And do you have any questions or comments so far? Um no, I don't okay, great. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. How about yeah, you, me. Jessica? Hi, um no, I don't have any questions at this moment. Thank you.
2: Do you have okay, any comments? Thanks. Jessica mm-hmm. is a friend of mine that's when you're sharing comments. I've kind of told her a little bit about. This.
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a super awesome and very empowering event that you guys are putting on.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we always like feedback is- on our ideas, you know, because um we wanna make it bigger and better every year. Victoria,
1: I was thinking of the AIDS quilt and how that one grew and traveled
2: all over the world and just got bigger and bigger. And I, I don't know. I don't know. And I know that um, domestic violence shelters have done um, a clothesline project um, for domestic violence. And, oh, uh,
0: interesting.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Matter of fact, um, I contacted them and you know asked that they like to be involved in whatever they said no we just do domestic violence because they have information they'll give out and everything else if you'll do a sign project but it has to be for domestic violence i said well you know domestic violence is a part of you know but they wouldn't send me the information <laughs> it is that they domestic off. violence
1: that's
0: exactly what it is
2: yeah but but you know sometimes you just can't have a conversation with people when you're focusing on child abuse. They don't see the crossover. Hmm.
1: I mean, isn't it classified in the criminal code as domestic abuse?
2: I'm not sure how that works, but I do know that now that this issue is being brought up, a lot of victims are being punished for staying in abusive relationships and the children get often taken away from both parents if they find out that there's domestic abuse. Unfortunately, it's kind of backfired sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. You know, um, but I do want to say that um, I do not want to blame victims of domestic violence for their children witnessing, because it's hard enough, and they don't even say, get away from the abuser. I got away from my abuser. It's escaped. You know, and I would say I escaped from my abuser's and was fortunate enough to escape with my children because some some people can't. You know, they can get themselves out and then hope to fight for the children, you know. But often the children, um, sometimes even the children end up with the abuser, crazy-making, you know. Because often the victim of domestic violence, well, as Amy Anna said, you know, we end up with a lot of trauma as victims, and and we'll, we look like the ones that are not together, where the abuser, you know, just goes on, right out working and functioning and everything, because that's what they do. They abuse and they function, <laughs> and it, you know, it's really it's sad. They all get labeled. We get labeled. The victims get labeled, and it just the stuff that goes along with that and everything else, like I was in the psych ward, and this, you know, and so it, it's really, really sad, and we've really got to keep speaking out. And whoever says, you know, hey, I think you've talked about this enough. I've had people on my Facebook page that have said, do you have to keep talking about child abuse? Do you have to keep putting it on your page all the time? And I finally wrote, if you do not want to hear about child abuse, or my story about child abuse and domestic violence and being used in prostitution and all these other things and pornography, then please get off my page because I need room for the people I care about these issues and just go back to posting pictures about your lunch. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's like there's too many people that do want to hear it, that do want to speak out, that do want encouragement to speak out. And that's a big part of why I got involved with NASCA, because I've been talking about my domestic violence. I've been talking about being used in pornography and prostitution. But I was so ashamed of being abused by my biological father until I was 21 years old, because I think people think that you hit this magical age of 18, and all this knowledge is, you know, dropped on you. I guess I was standing in the wrong place, because I couldn't still escape you know. Until I went on the internet and I wrote in um Child Abuse Survivor um support group and I ended up getting on MySpace. I don't know if people <laughs> even remember MySpace. But I was on MySpace and I got into a group in there and uh I was on there and this one woman started writing to me and asking me all these questions and I mean, serious questions like how do I do this legally and that and this and that and then ask about my story and back and forth. And anyway, then she stopped contacting me. And I thought, well, I don't know. Maybe I said something wrong. Maybe she just went on with her life, whatever, you know. And then she contacted me quite a while later, and I still got a frog in my shirt over there. And she said to me, I just want to thank you for all the information you gave me and for telling me your story and helping me understand, she said, because – now my four-year-old granddaughter will never be molested by her father again. And I can't tell you what an impact that was on me. And right wow. after that, I, of this, and I just jumped in. I talked to Bill, and so much of the shame just fell off me after taking, talking to Bill Murray, the founder of NASA. And he asked me to come on the show and tell my story, which I'd like all survivors to know that they can come on. And... um tell their story on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have survivors. You can go on our website, NASCA.org, N-A-A-S-C-A.org, and we have the Blog Talk Radio show um, listed there, and you just click on that. We have a schedule, and you can go on there and find open date and notify the person. we got an email on there that you're interested in doing a show, and we'll help you get on the show. And you can tell your story, and it could be the first time you told your story. We have a lot of people that came on the first time, and now they got their their own groups and their own you know some of them have their own blog tech radio shows, some of them are on YouTube, some of them are writing books, so you know, just all kinds of stuff and And they got their start on that stuff, so it's just it's a wonderful organization. I can't say enough wonderful things about it.
1: I agree. It is amazing. And, no, and to have a radio show. I yeah,
2: <laughs> Having a radio yeah. show is amazing. Well, yeah, exactly. And we had a blog talk radio show, but we just had a real hard time getting guests, and a lot of planning goes into it. People don't realize that this isn't just, you know, something that people just jump on to begin. No. Um, you know, and so we did have trouble, Amy, Anna, and I, and, um, but um we wanna focus on what we can do and like I said, network with other organizations. And, you know, um we refer people to contact NASCA as a resource through us. Mm-hmm. You know, and other organizations if you know, and our services if we know of a service or and then I was gonna ask Amy Anna if she talked a little bit about maybe your writing or your artwork that you do and because uh, I know some other survivors use you know, different things to to help them. And uh you've done a lot with that. So I wanna give Amy Ann a chance to talk too and then also what you're doing with the work you're doing, the school you just went through.
3: Okay. Hi again. I um just um in addition, we're doing the creative side of Oz. Uh, we call it Oz. Um that's A Helping Hand for Healing Souls, and I, I write poetry, I write short stories, I wrote a poetry book, and I, I'm working on a memoir right now of my healing journey, not a tell book, but of how I healed, and... It's slow going, but it's going, and I do artwork that expresses, I always say there's there's something about artwork that, especially the healing kind of artwork, that it just captures things that words can't. And when you, you're in the process of making it, sometimes it's not so much about the finished result, it's about the process of making it, the fillings included, and moving the the paint or whatever medium you have around on the paper, whether it's crayon, whether it's pastel, or, you know, it could be paint. Just moving it around on the paper and deciding what color goes where it's it's healing. It's um, and it's um, it's really freeing to to have that kind of um, freedom. And then when you look at it and go, "Yeah, this is how I felt," and so my work, my artwork and poetry, is basically for people to look at it and point to it. And especially for those who don't have words and say she captured how I feel. She captured how I felt at that point. And um that's a lot of my work and and poetry and writing is about is about capturing those feelings that are so hard to put to words, especially when you're in your beginning in the beginning of learning how to heal and surviving and just coming out of it. and and just thinking, you know, no one understands. And then if you look and see a piece of artwork or a book and go, somebody understood or been through this enough, the same thing I've been through, enough to write a book and put that out there. And it's actually a book in a bookstore or, or, you know, in a library where it can be seen. and and checked out, I think that is big for, for beginning survivors to be able to relate to. And I recognize that, that they're not alone, that there are other people out there feeling the same and that it does get better and that there is hope and that it's on the process of doing the work and getting through just going through the emotions and and feeling with yeah, but, whatever it is.
2: I agree with that. When I first started doing my artwork, you know, I I end up for was fortunate enough to have children because they had crayons. And I tell you what, I just got out a blank piece of paper. And I don't know why, but the red and the black got worn down to nothing. Because all I did was take out a red crayon and start scribbling and a black crayon and start scribbling. And I tell you what, after I got done doing that, it made me feel better. I got their coloring books, and I colored more in those coloring books than my kids did. (laughs) And it just, you know, I didn't worry about being in the lines. I just, you know, and that's that's something that... A lot of people don't do, um, or didn't do, I should say, as children. A lot of us didn't know how to play. We didn't, you know, just be able to express ourselves in any kind of way. Um, At least for me, I wasn't able to say how I felt, you know. Um, Good girls don't get angry. They don't, you know, don't pout, don't feel that way. Um, You're taking it wrong. And I never trusted myself, so... When I became an adult, it was really great that I had kids, but now I even I'll go to the park myself and go on the swings or I'll go sit in the grass and pick dandelions and make a dandelion crown and put it on my head. And I'll just do stuff that I wish I'd have been able to do. And, and some of the stuff, you know, like I'll try something and I'll go, you know, I tried like, um, I tried uh, um, uh, just different things. I tried to crochet and couldn't, you know. And and so I just went, okay. Well, there's probably something else I could do, you know. And to, and to not be discouraged if something maybe somebody else suggests doesn't doesn't seem right for you, you know. And people go, oh, boy, I wish I could write like you. Well, I started with stick figures and writing words like. You know, I'm angry. Oh, that was hard to write down. I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm frightened, you know, and I write these little, make these little stick figures. And that was me as a kid. And I can remember right, making a bridge because I had MPD and I made one stick figure was one of my altars and then the other altar was on the other side. And those altars both knew that each other existed. And, and I made a bridge between them. And that was all it was. It was unstick six figure on one side that was a little bit taller than the other one. You know, and to me, it meant a lot. Maybe nobody else it meant anything to. And in 2000, I had some writings, and I ended up putting them in a book. And I took a picture when I was a year old, and I went on that mind case and said, you know, I want to make a cover for a book, and I want to make it look like my one-year-old, you know, picture I had when I was one years old was going through a tunnel. And I called a journey with him. And I photocopied the pages, and I laminated the cover, and I got a paper punch thing. And I got spiral bounding, and I bound it. And I sold it for twice as much as it cost me. And I sold 90 copies, and I gave 90 away. And then email came out, and I started emailing it. (laughs) (laughs) And put it on Facebook, and somebody said, I really helped you like to help you promote your book and i said well it's really books just some my writing and she said would you mind you know i'll buy it from you because i'd like to read it and i says oh i'm just emailing it she goes would you email me one i said sure so i got this um message back that said i read your book and i was wondering if you'd let me i'm um a college professor in oregon and my my um um co whatever she's also a college professor over they're both in women's studies and they wanted to write my story so it's my story told to them because I had tons of journals that I wrote and I looked back at one of them and I started reading it and it was so dark that I ended up right back there again you know and and it was a hard process to get back out of it And so I thought, you know, if they could take these journals and make something out of them, because that was my hope. It was never about making any kind of money. It was about when I worked way back, all I could find, I couldn't find no books that survivors wrote. I found books that clinicians wrote and, uh, you know, people that, you know, made up stories about people. You know, it might have been their own story, but. But they passed it off as like, you know, um non no fiction. I will get those mixed up. <laughs> because at that time you just really couldn't say that you were a survivor. You know? And um it just really amazing with the survivors coming out now in these books, like Amy Anna said, you could read it and go, you know, not everything's gonna be the same and that's what NASCA says, you know, we don't compare our stories because Abuse, tell abuse is not okay. And it doesn't matter what kind of abuse you through. Abuse is not okay. And we support each other. And I always say if you stick around a group long enough, you'll eventually, as you listen to these stories, then you can go back in the archives. We've got, um, how many? what episode are we on? Three, three, two, four. So that means there's 3,000... Three hundred and twenty-three episodes before this, that are all archived, that you can go back and listen to. And you can hear other people's stories, and if you listen to all of them, you're gonna hear bits and pieces, and a bit. So you're gonna hear your own story. And I mean, I didn't even know how to put my story in words until I heard other people say things like, you know, I was raped by my father. You know, I didn't use those words. I didn't understand those words. It took me a long time to be able to speak out about my story. So I encourage anybody and, and you know, even if you're a first time person coming on and telling your story on Nasca, um, you know, we'll help you get through it. Um, you share what you want, you don't have to share anything. If somebody asks you a question you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer it. You know. We just we just want you to be a part of Nasca or come on the we've got a Facebook group as well. So I'm kinda of back and forth from odds to Nasca, but um like I said, we network with other groups and other people, and and we try, you know, to fit people to what they're looking for. Thank you, Victoria. You want, yeah, and if you want to know more about our event or if you want to be part of anything, again, my phone number is 763-703-0439. And I was thinking about bringing it into a non-profit, but, you know, I kind of want to keep it a grassroots organization. What that means is just some people that get together that all kind of work on the same thing and get together and just do something, you know. And if you're not sure what to do or you're not sure how to organize, call me up. We'll figure out something so that we can network And we can have something going on everywhere. And eventually, maybe we will have a clothesline around the world where we can start on one side and go tie it to the next clothesline. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome. We deserve it. We deserve to be represented this way. And and we need to have something out there. I know I've had so many people come up to me after viewing the clothesline and saying, oh, my God, I read this one, and this is what it meant to me, and they'll just start telling me their story, you know, from one piece mm-hmm. of clothing. So you don't know how much you're going to impact a group of people if you send us a piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely
1: going to send you one. I'm thinking oh, of sending goodness. you... My first communion dress. Of course, I don't have my first communion dress, but I would, like, mm-hmm. find something like that yep. to yep. represent myself yep. as a child.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what we're looking for. Yeah.
0: So,
1: um, Philip has left, but Jessica is still here. Jessica, do you have any comments or questions, or would you like to talk about your own story? Um, I guess I'm just observing, but,
3: um, no, I think, I mean, I've talked with Victoria about her story before, and I always think it's so just, I guess I'm from a younger generation where, um, like it's been more
1: talked about, like it's not as much of a stigma, but it's always very interesting to me
3: to think about how. Hard it was for people, like in the 80s or 90s, like Victoria was saying, that they felt like they really could not come forward because it just wasn't ever talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now
1: it's on the radio. Yay! <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: but it's amazing that people will still come up to me, all you know, because I've got 37 years in... in um, sobriety and off drugs and uh, I want to say that yeah I talk I talk about it there and I had one woman that came up to me every time after the meeting do you have to keep talking about child abuse aren't you over it yet you know and she said (laughs) you know I was abused by my my dad and I went to therapy and now I'm over it you know I'm healed or whatever so anyway I sent her one of my I was sent her a video that I was on YouTube talking about being used in systems of prostitution and I also tied in my my um um pornography being used in pornography by my father. And uh him, you know, um and they don't even say um, um child pornography, they call it um evidence of abuse. Because it's a picture of you being abused.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
2: evidence. You know i had uh we had on NASA we had a woman that uh was from the Minnesota Missing Children's Organization who was talking about how that's how they describe it as evidence because it is evidence when you go to court. Mm-hmm. This is a picture when I was abused, yep, I like that. I never you- heard that
1: before,
2: <laughs> yeah, and you don't need proof. You come on NASCA, we believe you. You do not need to prove to us that you were abused. You do not need court documents. You do not need photographs. You do not need all, you know, we believe you. We believe you. Because I tell you what, people, I've even had people say that you're making this up. And I said, if I was going to make up something, I'd make up that I was a princess born in a castle. (laughs) And I had this and I had that. I had this and I had that. If I was going to make up something, it would not be this. (laughs)
0: That's
2: funny. But there are still survivors out there. So this woman watched my video and she said I could only watch 10 minutes at a time. And I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I should not, you know, sent this video to her or told her about it. But anyway, she said. No, I'm glad I did, she, because I realized that there is so much I have not worked through, I got myself back in therapy. And I've had so many people come up to me after a meeting the next week or called me later on, a month or two later, and said, you know, that really triggered something in me, and and can we talk about it, Can I, you know, and they will just start telling me their story. And I am so honored. I can't even tell you. I mean, I'm almost in tears when I think about some of the people that have come up to me and told me their story in their 50s and their 30s and their 20s and whatever and said, I've never told another person, never Mm -hmm. told another person. And for some reason, they felt like they could tell me. I, they said, and and I feel I can tell you and I feel that you're not going to tell anybody. And it's just. It's just sometimes I'm speechless when somebody says that, you know. And the important thing, if, you know, a survivor does tell you, is to listen. You wouldn't believe that just listening to a survivor can be so powerful because they haven't been listened to before. And Amy Anna just went through um, some schooling, and I want her to tell you about what she's doing. Sure. What are you doing, Amy, Well, first
3: I want to comment on journaling and going through, um, as Victoria said, she had the journals, and, you know, she went back and read them and got in a dark place again, and I just want to put out there that for those who are thinking about journaling and having the same things happen to them as long as you get it out, nobody says you have to keep it. You can write it, you can keep it if you want but you can also shred it rip it up burn it, however you want to destroy it too just because it's a journal doesn't mean that you have to keep what's written in there and and things I've drawn I've actually journaled with my eyes closed typing because I didn't want to see the words and I just printed it out and put it away and it's there. I know it's there and I don't want to touch it yet. And every time I do, I'm like Victoria going back into that place. So hopefully someday I'll do something with it. But and also, I wanted to say, journaling is kind of one-sided if you're beginning healing. And for me, I would I'd write I was I'm bad because blah blah blah, and then I'd reread it and go, Oh yeah, I'm bad because blah blah blah, and it would reinforce that statement. And things. And I just want to say having that third party of a therapist or a friend to say, wait a minute, you're not bad because of blah, 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 blah was bad from the beginning. And you're just a part of it. And it was bad, not, not you. And so I just wanted to put that out there as kind of, you know, it's good to journal, but It's also good to have that third party kind of looking outside the box, you know, not all of the personal stuff, but like having that third party perspective of, wait a minute, child abuse is not okay. You were in child abuse and, you know, it wasn't because you were bad. It wasn't your fault. And I didn't hear those words until I was 27 that it was not my fault, that it wasn't that the situation was bad. And I just thought I was bad. I thought something was wrong with me. And until I was 27, and that's when things started to change for me. And I got a whole new perspective on life and that really changed everything. And so now what I'm doing is I'm at a place in life where I'm able to give back, and strangers helped me on the Internet um, who they didn't have to. They weren't, they weren't even an organization. They were just um, – Victoria talked about MySpace. Well, I was back before MySpace, which were the MSN and um, AOL groups, and – that was just a screen name. You didn't see a picture. You didn't have an avatar. You ha- you're a member of a group, and there were screen names. And th- most of them were initials or made-up names. And um, and those people who I probably will never be able to find again, well, um, they saved my life. They really did. They gave me, they showed me, reasons to live they showed me that you know what I've been through was not okay and that you know that I was strong enough to make it and so now I am doing a specialized kind of therapy well it's not therapy but it's a special kind of modality that um that helps people relieve the symptoms of trauma and helps relieve stress and depression and things like that. And really what it's done for me is it's helped me be more confident, helped me be less anxious. It's helped with the graphicness of the situations I've been in. It's helped kind of Take away the emotional part of it so it's not so emotionally charged and and so I could just deal with, Yes, this happened. This is this is what needed, this is what need, what's needed to move forward. And I've been studying this now for two years and it's called Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery. And it's it's actually my dream job. If I could help people relieve trauma in the way that it's helped me, then you know I'm I'm all for that because like, I want to give back and and things in the way I was in the ways I was supported in the ways I was um, helped, and if I can help people ease ease their pain, ease their, um, ease the anxiety, ease the, not the anxiety, but you know what I mean, all the, (coughs) oh, excuse me, all the, all those feelings that trauma brings and the aftermath of trauma that brings, if, even if it, even if it helps just a little bit, it's something because everybody's different. And I would just, um, I just love to help people.
2: No, I want to um, say, too, that um, I did a deal with uh, Amy Anna, and it's really interesting because it's, it's kind of, Kind of guided imagery but it's it's not like um you're on a beach and the, you know the um the ocean is you know the water's going or whatever it's it's really um it's so different <laughs> it's just a different <laughs> um feel. I don't know maybe you can explain a little bit more okay. about that
3: well it's it's a specialized guided imagery where you're in control you have full control of where you go and what you do and so i don't suggest like victoria's saying like i don't suggest we go to the beach and to submerge ourselves in the waves because one if you had a bad experience at the beach that's not going to be calming or relaxing to you and Or if we're on the back of an eagle, if you're scared of heights, that's not going to work. So you're in control of where you go and what you do. And it's like a journey that you take into your inner world. And that's the somatic part. You go into your body and... And... Find, the, find your strength from within. It's really empowering to to be your own sovereign authority and and make decisions for yourself. It's like you know, if you're at the beach, no, I don't want to be at the beach. I want to be in the in the mm. forest. Okay, go to the forest. You mm. know, and if and. It, Maybe you decide on your own decision you don't like that. Okay. Um, go someplace else. It's it's all up to you. It's, I, did, um, I did it
2: with Indiana one time, and, and it was like, um, um, it was uh, something like, now I'm probably not doing it right, but, you know, find a place that you feel really serene and comfortable, and you're going to have some something or someone that comes to you that's going to be your guide. So you get to figure out, you know, I think you said somebody had, like, a dragonfly or whatever. And for me, it was a goddess that came to me, you know. I mean, it could be, like, completely different for everybody that does it because it's so open-ended. You know, it's so um, it's so freeing to me to be able to, um, you know, choose your own images. But yet you are feeling that you're in a safe place, you know, just like somebody' saying, find a safe place. Like when I had MPD, you know, um, the therapist says, find a safe place and you could put whatever you want in this place, you know, um, and I had like, I was in a room, cause, you know, with, with I could, where I had a lock and I could put a door on, you know, lock on the door. And you know I had all kinds of soft pillows, and I had a teddy bear, and I had you know whatever color of walls I had, and you know I would just go in, and then when I was in a really bad place, I could go back to that place. It was a place of my creation, you know. It wasn't the of yeah. telling me where I should be and what I should do. So I don't know. It's just more free than what Imianna is doing, and I just, I just think it's amazing. So um, she's um, actually um, t- uh, takes on uh, clients now that she's gone through this training, and uh, it's it's amazing to me that you know people tell me you know um, they they're like oh you're doing all these wonderful things and I said well you know I just all I'm doing is what, like Amy I kind of said I'm doing what people gave me plus I'm doing what I wish I would have had. You know, that that's kind of simply how I explain it. You know, um, because there's a lot of things I wish I would have that would have helped. That that I can see happening now, or I imagine mm-hmm. would have helped me if it's not there right now. And therefore, we came up with the clothesline project, uh, a visual because I like visual stuff. I'm really into. Um, um, visualization, you know, I mean, see something in front of me, uh, I'll go outside, like in my meditation area. And when I was a kid, I would go out into the woods and I would find an acorn. And I just felt that acorn was put there for me and, and it was there for me. And I'd take it home and when it got really stressful at home, I'd hold onto that acorn and I'd say, it, this was given to me. So I would keep looking at it. And I can know that you know I'm going to be okay, and I remember me being back in the woods and feeling safe. So you know, there's so many different things that we could do as survivors to make ourselves, you know, and to remind I always say, I still have to remind myself, I'm an adult, I'm not back in this situation, and I have choices. And I think that's one thing I like to tell people is that you have choices today. Um, You don't have to be trapped. You don't have to be trapped by your diagnosis. You know, I'm not a borderline. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I'm not a borderline. (laughs) I'm not a bipolar or whatever, you know. um, I was diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder. And I misdiagnosed and I actually had multiple personality disorder, which is now known as DID, which is Dissociative Identity Disorder. And to be, you know, keep repeating, and this is the way I am because of that diagnosis. This is the way I am because of that diagnosis. For me, when somebody says, um, you know, well, that diagnosis, they, you know, because I, like, couldn't go out of my house. I was scared to go out of my house for three years when I got away from my biological father. My grandparents would bring in food and supplies and things like that and take out my garbage because I was afraid to even go out and put my garbage out and little teeny baby steps, you know, going outside and standing on my, my um, um, you know, stoop of the sidewalk when then you walk out the door and go back in and going, okay, I was safe. Tomorrow I'm going to go another step further. And maybe I couldn't go that other step further. I could only go the one step when the day before I could do two steps, you know, and, and just to keep working at it and don't keep telling yourself I can't. You can't, because you can. You can get better. You can be healthier. Just keep t- making choices. Um, I've been a smoker. The first cigarette i ever smoked is 8 years old. I'm 61 years old, and I just quit smoking. I've got 45
0: Yay. days. Of-
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. And I can't believe it, because I told myself, I can't quit, I can't quit, I can't quit. And one just one day I said, today's the day. I'm quitting. And what I did is I decided that I spend $10 a day on cigarettes. So for every day I don't smoke, I put $10 away. But since I couldn't do that because I tried to do it, what I did was last month there was 15 days left in the month, and I kept telling myself if I don't smoke for those 15 days, that's $150. So at the beginning of next month, I'm taking $150 out of my money and I'm putting it in somewhere. And I was going to save enough money because when you think um, 365 days in a year, $10 a day is $3,650 that was literally going up in smoke. You know, and I thought, well, in a year, I'll be able to have a really nice trip, you know, and I thought that is a long way off. So what I decided to do is every month I'm going to take a mini vacation and be at one night at a hotel and maybe bring some food so I'm not having to go out to eat and maybe go out one night you know to a really nice restaurant but bring some food along and keep it in a cooler because you can always get free ice you know <laughs> <laughs> and and just go out and find something say on bent right or look in the calendar and find something for free find the local coffee shop and maybe go have a cup of coffee and sit there an hour and journal or journal in the hotel room or whatever you know and and just do something because that's 30 days in a month is $300 for a month so I didn't do anything last month because I got six puppies and I can't leave And I just go one, so we got one down, and one lady might get one this weekend. So then I'll be two down. And I've got a roommate who's been helping out. And, you know, he says that he could handle them for the weekend, and he has been doing pretty well because I got a COVID shot, and I got really sick, really sick. And he had really ta- he's really taken over, taking care of him. And I'm really confident that he could actually do it for a weekend. You know, or at least an overnight. And so I could, you know, and now because I quit smoking for 45 days, that's $450. And even if I wow. go one night, even if I go to something one day and stay one night in the hotel and do something the next day, you know, if I don't spend the 450 then I've got that extra money to put into the next month. Maybe the next month I'll go two times in a month because I won't have puppies. At least that's my hope, (laughs) you know, but who knows, you know, but, but I am going to do it. I am going to do it this month. I'm going to plan something. I'm going to get, you know, the paper out, look on Eventbrite. I've got people that I've told that I want to do this and they're looking for stuff for me. And I notice there's a lot of um, Christmas um, craft um, fairs that are going on right now. And I love Mm -hmm. to do craft. And I love looking at what other people do for crafts and, and to just find a thing that has a craft fair and a hotel that's close by it that's cheap, that's less than $100, and, and go to it. Find a local coffee shop. Go walk around the neighborhood wherever I'm at, you know, and bring my service dog, and he's going to be my buddy, you know, and bring my journal and bring some food and just take care of myself, literally, do something nice for yourself. It doesn't have to be a trip to Hawaii. It could be, but it doesn't have it to could be. be. <laughs> it could be, but it doesn't have yeah. to be, is what I'm saying. It can be just yeah. taking yourself out for a cup of coffee. It can be just going for a walk and finding something that's free or low cost, just to do something nice for yourself, you know?
3: Even I think if it's you're going so to the most
2: yourself. Buying yourself a thing of nail polish and going home and painting your nails, you know, or or mm-hmm. going out and getting yourself a toy that you've always wanted, you know. Um, maybe you want to learn how to do a yo-yo, you know, that you never got to do when you were a kid. <laughs> go get yourself a yo-yo at the Dollar Tree and, and just go home and have some fun or coloring bookings and some crayons or whatever. You know, there's so many things to be creative. Everybody goes, oh, I wish I could write. I wish I could draw. And I say, here's a piece of paper. Can you draw a stick figure? And they'll draw it and hand it back to me. And I'll go, you're an artist. No, I'm not. That's right. And I said, you just drew something. You're an artist. Or I'll hand them a piece of paper. If they say they wish you were a writer, I hand them a piece of paper and say, can you write a sentence? And they might write, the cat ran across the road. And then they'll hand it back to me. and go, you're a writer. You know, when you get that journal or you get some paper. And you get a pencil or a crayon or a marker or whatever appeals to you, or you get some paint or you get, you know, whatever it is, you know, some yarn, make something and don't worry about the results. You know, you don't have to worry that, you know, you're putting it on display. It's got to be perfect. This is for you. Do it for you. And so, Annie, I would like to ask you what you do for you. What makes you happy? Oh, Well,
1: I'll have you know that I did my first oil painting today. And learning to paint is making me happy. I'm not, you know, very good at it or anything, and that's okay. And I'm learning to draw as well because that's sort of part of it, you know, drawing and painting. And um, I'm really enjoying it. And I color a lot. I, I have a mandala coloring book which is just wonderful and um i have like markers and and i have pencil colored pencils and pens colored pens to uh to do in my coloring books i have one Mm -hmm. on wuthering heights my very favorite book ever so i get to color in the characters and the house and the moors and everything and that's really fun and and I also have some animal ones, which are really fun. So, yeah, I probably color a couple times a week.
2: That's awesome. And to set a time, aside that time to do it, too. You know, um, some people, you know, get stuff to do stuff, but they just, you know, they're busy with everything else. And just, you know, like you said, even if it's one day a week that you go, today's the day I'm spending an hour to sit down and learn how to will pace. You know, or whatever it is, you know, and you can go to the Dollar Tree, of course, now it's a dollar and a quarter, but still they haven't raised their prices since World War two. I heard <laughs> you know, and we had a Dollar Tree out here; they couldn't even afford to hire enough staff; they were closed two days a week, you know, or three days a week, depending on where and they were hardly ever had their shelf stock because they couldn't afford to you know, and now they're open seven days a week. <laughs> And they used to close at 5, and now they're open till 9. <laughs> so but that quarter helps. <laughs> but anyway, hmm. uh, um, you know, you can buy crayons there. You can buy a coloring book there. They've got, they've got coloring books that have Mandela's on it. They have coloring books you don't have to go on Amazon and pay $19 for a therapy color book, you know. Just go buy a color book, you know. Go buy uh they have the, the – they're not probably as thick or anything, but they have they have things, you know, and gold crunch sale and even buy a kid's book that's half colored, and color on the pages that are colored in <laughs> that's right,
1: mhm i, to, I to to want I want to share something yeah, about yeah. coloring that is that I this Mandela coloring book, I bought the same book for my two sisters. Sent it to them, sent them some um, colored pencils. Now we take pictures of our mandalas and send them to one another.
2: Oh, I love it. And it's just lovely. Yeah. There's this book called The Artist's Way, and they got got a book and they got a workbook. And one of the things that it says in there is everybody is creative. The reason why we don't think we can write is because we... All oh, went to English class, and you got to put the dots in the right place, and you get big red marks all over your paper if you don't spell words right, you know, per, you know, use the right grammar or whatever. Don't worry about it. Write how you want. Write big. Write small. Write all over the paper, or just a whole bunch of words. Don't worry about it. This is you for you. This is not. You don't have to show anybody, like Amy Anna said. You can burn it. You can crumple it up and throw it away. You can say, good job, and give yourself a smiley face, no matter what it is. You know, we don't, we don't have to, um, you know, um, do some kind of a craft and do it perfect. Because mm-hmm. we're not perfect. I hate to tell you guys that, but we're not perfect. And, you know, like they say, if you want to learn how to do something and you want to do it very well, you've got to practice. You know, think of a little kid that starts out crawling and then starts walking. They don't just get up and walk, you know. They don't just walk the first time. They fall down sometimes, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm.
2: you know, and and that's okay. That's okay that, you know, you don't color in the lines. matter of fact, there are times I've gotten color books that I absolutely make myself color outside the lines. Because that's the kind of person I am. I not only don't fit in a box, I burnt the box. (laughs) (laughs) Because I never fit in a box. I always said it was a uh, square peg in a round hole. But you know what? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. We're all unique. We all have our own likes and dislikes. And, uh, you know, find out what makes you happy. And that's what you do. Don't worry about what other people think because you know what? Somebody said, well, you know, nobody thinks this idea is a very good idea. And I said, you know, maybe that's your purpose. I said, and if, if you feel that purpose, you were given that purpose. You were given that idea. It wasn't a conference call.
0: <laughs>
1: it
2: was, that message was for you and you only. And follow your heart. Follow your heart because your heart's going to take you in the right place. I always said I had an inner voice that was stifled. And it was so, it was not even there. And then all of a sudden it was a whisper. And then all of a sudden I could hear it. And all of a sudden it was shouting at me, go and do it. You know, I changed my name to Victoria Kelly. Victoria means victorious. Ruth is my middle name and it means spirit, and that was my original middle name. And then I picked Kelly, which means warrior. So my name means victorious spirit warrior. And when I picked it back Mm. in 86, I could speak out without my biological father knowing it. I didn't feel like a victorious spirit warrior, but today I do. And I grew into that name. And if you want to be a writer, start out by writing The Cat Ran Across the Road and start mm-hmm. coloring with whatever color you pick up, even if you just are writing, you know, coloring things in, in pens, you know, drawing things in pen, drawing stick figures. If you want to express yourself, find something and express yourself because we are all creative and we all have our own way to be creative. We all have our own things that make us happy. So if you're not happy, find what makes you happy and do it. And do it a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> that's my <message. laughs> And play, play, play. And we came up with this idea of the clothesline project. It, and, you know, people are like, this is wonderful. This is amazing. You know, um, they'll see the messages. And, and if they're a survivor, I had, I had my kids came out to one event. Now, this was during COVID. My kids came out. And one lady came out to the event, and then one lady that set up a table came out to the event. Nobody else came And a couple of that had already known what I do, you know. So one lady came out, and she said, I read those messages, and this one really hit me. And, and she started getting into working on with her issues, which she had never, ever, ever done before. And it was because she came. And I've always said... Even if something I say only helped one person, it was worth it.
0: Mm -hmm. And that was
2: worth it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many other people it helped because we have people on Zoom that maybe didn't say anything, but they listened. Mm -hmm. And they might have heard something that might have made a little bit of difference in their life. And that's all we're trying to do is help other people because... We were helped, and we want other people to feel that healing process. I have people that say, because are you heal? healed, you feel that you're healed. And I said, I'll be healing until I take my last breath, because healing means growing and being healthier. And they don't even call it mental illness anymore. They call it mental health. And everybody needs mental health, everybody in the whole world. Mm-hmm. We all feel there are so. There's nobody that's gotten this point in their life that has not been hurt in some way or another. And I believe that we can look at our commonalities rather than our differences. And when I say, you know, I felt really horrible about that situation, you can think, what did I feel horrible about in my life? And you can relate. But you've got to have an open mind keep your mind open.
1: Thanks Victoria. I just want to announce that we have 5 minutes left in the show and um, you still have time to call in if you want to. The phone number to call in is 646-595-2118. Give us a call.
2: And, uh, yeah, and with tonight, like, we have this show on 5 night the week at the same time, and and we would love to have you on any night that you can. 8
1: p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, and we're always looking for survivors who would like to come on and tell their story. That's what we do on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday nights is have a, a survivor talk. Then Tuesdays and Thursdays we have what we call survivor professional, somebody who's working with other survivors
2: <clears throat> like Victoria. And any any has also sorry, Amy, Anna has also been on as a survivor professional and talked about what she's doing. We have a lot of people, oh, great. and it can be anything that. You're helping other survivors. You do not have to be an organization. You don't have to have a degree. You know, if you're helping survivors, come on. Let's talk about it. Let's have some conversation because we need change. We need change. And we are the ones to make the change because I'll tell you what, people that have have the passion and we Mm -hmm. need that passion. Or so well, maybe before we, you can you can email me at a h h h s the number one at outlook.com or join us on our Facebook page. And even if you don't want to, just like the NASCA page, even if you don't want to write anything, read what other people write, and and relate, make a comment, or just think to yourself, I'm not alone because you never have to be alone again. People are out there that do want to help you. And if you find people that don't help you, just look through another post or scroll past the ones that don't feel like they fit because there's so much out there and and find ways to help. Good advice.
1: Uh, we have two minutes left and we have to play the music at the end. So... Um, I'm just going to repeat that this is Stop Child Abuse Now, SCAN Radio. And this has been show 3324, which will be archived on the NASCA website, and you can listen to it anytime you want to. And the NASCA website is at naasca.org. And that stands for National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. And thank you, Victoria, for being our survivor professional tonight. And thank you, Amy Anna, for coming on and sharing your experience, too.
3: Well, and thank you for having me.
1: Oh, I hope we have you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Um everyone's always welcome to call in and be a part of the show. And my name is Annie Morris and I'm going to say goodbye now and play the music. Bye everybody.
0: Mm-hmm.